going on, Nick Kirby, Craig Sandler. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds Live post game. That was a tough one, Craig. That was uh, just a tough day. So many things for the Reds. Just uh, that one hurts. Yeah, I think your pause there tells the story. Um, painful day, literally and figuratively, for the Reds, and uh, started before the game ever even started today, and continued throughout, and was not a good day at all but there's going to be some decisions that have to be made now by this front office and by the coaching staff we'll see how noel v Marte is and uh yeah we got to figure a couple things out but there are some positives here i can think of two off the off the bat uh nick senzel continues to rip left-handed pitching and the bullpen continues to to shut people down so some positives come out of it and you get your pitching staff a little bit better, a little bit healthier starting tomorrow with Hunter Green. Yeah, let's just jump right into the box score recap. Before the game even started, Noelvi Marte was hurt seconds before the game. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz was playing toss with him. Ellie threw a ball while Marte was apparently not looking. Looked like he was maybe having a conversation with someone. Marte left the field bleeding and suffered a facial contusion. That meant Aleo Lopez was sprung into action, and Aleo was added to the roster earlier in the day because Stuart Fairchild was the latest Reds victim put on the COVID IL. So that's where we started this game off. Top of the first, Carson Spires getting another start for the Reds with their pitching in a tough spot, hopefully getting better. We'll see. Spires gave up a run, did strand two batters, so felt big at the time. Top of the second. Alejo Lopez sprung into action, made a great diving play with a runner on third that ended the inning, kept the score one nothing. Bottom of the second, this is where it really started looking like maybe the Reds were somehow going to find a way, despite all the uh, negative momentum going their way, to get it done tonight. Nick Senzel singled. Tyler Stevenson doubled home Senzel. Lopez doubled home Stevenson. And then Harrison Bader singled Alejo home. That made it 3 one Reds, but then in the top of the third, Carson Spires gave up a two-run absolute missile home run to Wilson Contreras. That tied the game up at three. Top of the fourth, Carson Spires gave up a leadoff single, and his day was done. David Bell went to the bullpen early in this game, not messing around, knowing you know kind of where the stakes are at this point in the season. Sam Mole came in. He gave up a double to Lars Newpar, and that put the cards up for three. Sam Mould walked two more batters, but then uh, David Bell went to Lucas Sims. wonder when the last time Lucas Sims pitched in the fourth inning was. Sims got a big pop-up of Arenado that got out of the inning with a score 4-3. Then in the bottom of the fourth, both David Bell and Aleo Lopez were ejected because home plate umpire Brennan Miller, and yes, I looked his name up. First time I've looked up an umpire's name, felt like his name was worthy of the box score recap. Uh, our good friend Brennan Miller decided to have the highest strike zone we saw all season. That inning ended in even more frustrating fashion when TJ Friedel was called out on replay review because his foot came off the bag for a millisecond. Reds bullpen, Lucas Sims, inning in a third scoreless. Daniel Duarte, scoreless inning. Ian Jabot, two scoreless innings. Fernando Cruz, one scoreless inning. The Reds offense just could not get it done against a really bad Cardinals bullpen. Um, now, obviously, the Reds were fighting an uphill battle tonight, Craig. 
they lose Noel V. Marte before the game starts, but he was actually in the lineup, so his spot counted. Uh, that made Nick Sinzel have to play the infield, did make some of the Reds' ability to uh, do some platoon matchups, as they like to do, with there was a left-handed starter for the Cardinals. Kind of messed a little bit of that up. Obviously, they were battling a incredibly inconsistent strike zone, and the Reds did get some generous strikes, let's be fair. Uh, Tyler Stevenson in the ninth inning got a generous uh, ball call that should have been a strike. But I don't know. This is one of those games where, yeah, I mean, you can make a ton of excuses because God knows there was a million of them. But at the same time, this is a Cardinals bullpen that absolutely sucks. And the Reds didn't get it done. Where are you at? <sighs> where am I at, Nick? Where am I at? Um, well, look, here's where I'm at. I think uh, your bullpen has continued to show that it is more than capable. And... You know, Maul struggled a little bit today, but Sims, Duarte, Jabot, and Cruz all absolutely dominant. Uh, and that's a good sign moving forward because you get Hunter Green and you get Brandon Williamson back probably this week. Um, but yeah, it just felt like, quite frankly, after that fourth inning, that our offensive approach just kind of went down the drain it didn't feel like we really knew what we were doing you hear trace talk about it all the time that you have to have a, a purpose and a reason what's your what are you looking for in each at bat and uh the reds batters just felt like tonight that they were more focused on brennan miller than they were on the game and you know brennan miller had bad calls both ways uh there's no doubt about that um but you know every single at bat it felt like um, the Reds batters, even when the call wasn't incorrect, um, we're having issues with Brendan Miller. And and as a major leaguer, you got to move on. Uh, David Bell said his piece got ejected for you. Um, Alejo, Alejo Lopez can't get thrown out five pitches later. Um, completely unacceptable. Puts uh, Freddie Benavidez in a, in a bad position where he's got to put people out of position. And quite frankly, just the focus went away. And um, the last five innings for the Reds was was not good. Not good. Just a frustrating game all around. One hit in the last five innings, Nick. I don't know what else to say. It was just a really bad performance against a bad pitching staff. We We felt like the Reds were headed in the right direction offensively. And tonight it didn't happen. Look, if you, if you want to go, the season's over. I mean, congratulations. I don't, I never understand that mindset of sports fans. Like, they can't wait to like declare their team dead. And this is not something special or unique to Reds fans. This is literally fans of every team. It's weird. I, I don't understand it. I don't get like why my team's dead. Our friend Clay likes to point out you don't win a prize for being first to that. Uh, are the Reds in a good spot? Hell no. The Reds are in a really rough spot. You know, today specifically, I mean, pull up the standings here. I mean, the Reds are now two and a half games out uh, with with 18 games to play. Now you're kind of in a spot where it's almost more. It takes an extraordinary effort to make the playoffs, whereas, you know, a couple of days ago, you could almost kind of win every win every other night and maybe have a two or three game winning streak and you could sneak into the playoffs right now. It's going to take a, a five or six game winning streak, but the Reds have had I think five six game winning streaks this year so I think it's I don't understand that mindset if 
fan however you want. I think it's weird, but I don't know that this one, this one stung tonight. It really just stings because of the effort of Sims, Duarte, Jabot, and Cruz. I mean, man, they, they gave you just every chance to get back in this and it just couldn't happen tonight. Yeah. Offensively just couldn't get it going. And mentally, I don't think they were there. And you know, the, comment in the in the chat about me saying that we we're going to make the playoffs yesterday is the same mindset as calling it over i think it's completely false i mean at the end of the day you're a fan you should be a positive outlook on the team and i still have faith i mean i think that this team has a lot of talent you know you get back some veteran leadership in joey Votto tomorrow which we'll talk about later and uh yeah, it's just at the end of the day, you're talking about a bunch of guys who have not had a ton of experience in high pressure moments. And tonight, I think they left, they let Brendan Miller get the best of them, uh, but they just have to kind of refocus. And uh, another opportunity tomorrow with Hunter Green on the mound against Miles Mikolas, and uh, certainly a winnable ball game. But it stings to uh, to have dropped this series. It was a series that certainly felt like a must win. Maybe even not even a must win, but just a should win. Um, I think that was the difficult part is that you can call it a must win if you want. But at the end of the day, if you're a good ball club, you have to beat these teams that are going to win 70 games in a year. And going out there and losing the first two in the series is not the way any of us anticipated this going. Um, But again, Hunter Green on the mound tomorrow and the bullpen um, has been rock solid and uh just hope offensively we can get our mindset straight and have a good approach at the plate. Yeah. Get a big start from Hunter Green tomorrow. And uh, like we said yesterday, look, it's not fair. The situation that Hunter Green's kind of gotten put in, but it is, it is what it is. Uh, David Bell went all out. Well, David Bell, I mean, I guess it was kind of his plan. And then Freddie Benavides, I guess, executed it, went all out. I thought it was 100% the right call tonight with, with where the Reds are. You know you need this game. You know the Diamondbacks already won. So you know if you lose, you're you're two and a half behind the Diamondbacks. You're three and a half behind the Cubs. If you win, you're a game and a half behind the Diamondbacks. You're two and a half game behind the Cubs. That's a huge swing with this this few of games left in the season. So made the right decision. I mean, I, I think you couldn't really let Carson Spires let this game get out of hand. And, and it felt like it was going to go there. Made the right call. The bullpen did their job, and it just uh, it didn't work today. So I don't I don't know what else to say. Baseball's a stupid, stupid game. You know, you you win two of three from the Mariners. I, no one in the right mind thought the Reds should win two of three in that series with the pitching matchups. Lose two in a row to the Cubs. You have or to the Cardinals. You have no business losing two in a row to the Cardinals. I, I don't know. It's the grind of a 162 game season. It can. You have some incredible highs like we had last weekend and some incredible lows like you have this weekend. And uh, this team somehow, some way, has found a way to respond to those lows all year, and there's been a lot of them. It's, I, I can't remember, Craig, a season where there's so much of both. I, can you? No. The, the highs have been super high. The lows have been really low, and... I think we're feeling that now losers of three straight. And yeah, I think we were all feeling pretty high after the two wins against the Mariners splitting with the Cubs, positive vibes all around. And then uh, just 
just hasn't happened the last couple of nights. And, you know, Hunter Green is is supposed to be your number one. And it's weird to say, but we need we have it. We need a stopper tomorrow. Got to stop the bleeding. Get out there in the afternoon and see if we can't pick up a dub to finish the series. And then you've got a day off on on Monday. So um, another opportunity. I think David Bell will go for it all again tomorrow. If Hunter Green does not have his A stuff, I think you're in a position where every single game has to be your best opportunity to win. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see Hunter go out there and throw seven scoreless and give the bullpen a rest and only need two out of them. But uh, the reality of it is, is that if he gives up three early, then don't be surprised if he only goes four or five tomorrow. And uh, David Bell will be aggressive with his moves again. Yeah, Antone, Farmer, Lal, Sharif all didn't pitch today. So you still have those guys who've, who've had a day off and then you obviously have off Monday, like you mentioned. Uh, Mole, Mole threw 15 pitches today, was off yesterday. Sim threw 19, was off yesterday. Duarte threw 11, was off yesterday. Jabot is probably the only one that's for sure unavailable. He threw 31. And then uh, Cruz, he's, he's probably unavailable. And he's on back-to-back days. So. Yeah. But I mean, you should have everyone except for Jabot and, and Cruz, so you can go uh, go out again. You're gonna have to try to find a way, man. Uh, tomorrow. Um, yeah, about, don't guess, be surprised. Uh, I just throw it out there. Don't be surprised to see Alexis Diaz throw tomorrow, even if it's not a safe situation. He hasn't pitched. Yeah. Since Tuesday. Um, yeah. Was the last time he threw. So um, I would love to get a you know a nice little seven two win or something like that and let Alexis throw the ninth in a non high pressure situation to get some throws in. But um, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see him out there tomorrow regardless as well. Maybe you get a high pressure situation later in the game where you throw him out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it is a, you know, four inning start or something for Hunter green tomorrow. If maybe they try to get more than three outs with Alexis Diaz as well. Um, I, I think if, you know, you get six or seven, they're probably not because you, you know, you still have Sims and uh, uh, Antone available. But if if it's a shorter start and you have to kind of piece together, I would be surprised. Maybe they try to get a full two innings out of Alexis Diaz. This is the time of the year that you, know, you kind of do have to go for that. All right, let's talk about the one lone bright spot offensively. Maybe there's a little more than one, but I, the one that stands out to me was Nick Senzel, the guy that might get option tomorrow. Uh, I don't think he should be optioned. I think he's a very valuable hitter on this lineup against left-handed pitching. Um, looked great tonight. Two hard hit balls. Um, I just, I feel, you know, Barry Larkin said on the broadcast, I know Barry Larkin gets uh, a lot of flack and probably pretty deserving, but I thought he had a great point. He said, Nixon Zell seems to have found his role in the Reds and seems to be thriving in that role. Um, and I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see the guy sent down. That's me. What were you at on Nixon though? Well, I think we need to see where Marte is. Um, I know they're calling it a facial contusion, but if he did break his nose or something like that, that blood was gushing pretty good. Um, he may need a stint on the IL. And you know, we spent a ton of time talking about this subject last night, um, getting prepared for for Vado and for for Jonathan India to be called back up here in the next couple of days. But we also said that a lot of things can change. And so who knows what Marte, uh, what the injury to Marte looks like and if he's going to be able to go. 
Um, Stu going on the COVID IL certainly doesn't help things because he was your obvious first one down. It's really tough to say. I mean, Votto coming back, Senzel may go down, and that leaves you with an opportunity for CES to get some work in at third if you want to play Votto in the field. But, I mean, man, I – I struggle with it a lot. I struggle with it a lot. Um, you know, we were put in a situation tonight where legitimately didn't really have any infielders left. Um, and so it's tough to justify saying that Senzel should be the first one sent down. But at the same time, when you look at things, the only other option that I see, I think, is Will Benson. But um, hard to believe that you would send him down. But you're realistically looking at two guys who are situational bats that that are platooning and you just have to make a decision on which one's going to be more useful moving forward. And, um, Senzel's been raking against left-handed pitching, but I, you also have to look at the the potential starters moving forward and figure out how much we're going to be facing left-handed pitching moving forward. But having Senzel's bat off the, off the bench late in the game has certainly proved beneficial in the last couple of weeks, uh, as they bring in left-handed relievers. So, the the Reds uh, are going to be put in a difficult situation and have to make a decision tomorrow for Joey Votto's 40th birthday coming back party, apparently. Yeah, we will see. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, I, I know I've gone on many rants about this. I'm curious your, your thoughts on this. I absolutely hate the rule of being able to review an overslide. I feel like that is a play that is never was not is not meant to be reviewed. I feel like it's completely against the spirit of baseball. Uh, if an umpire can see a guy come off the bag, then call him out. And we all live with that. That That's fine. Like, you should be able to stay on the bag. But this being able to review and slow-mo and, you know, zoom in on the, the, the camera and, and see, oh, his, his foot just came. I, I just absolutely hate it. I don't even like it when it, when it goes the other way. Uh I don't even like when the Reds get the benefit of it. It just feels like a cheap play in baseball. Where are you at on this? Well, bases are raised. I mean, it's really difficult to keep your feet perfectly on as you're sliding past in that situation. I mean, I I don't think it's the purpose of the of the rule by any means. And I think that uh, in the replays, even it was impossible to tell if he really even came off the bag. I mean you must have had to zoom in on that eight times to figure out whether or not it came off. I mean, in the replays that we saw, nothing was conclusive that he definitely came off the bag. And I mean, for a guy who's running 30 feet per second, sliding head first into a bag that's raised three inches off the ground. I mean, you're bound to have some bouncing. You're bound to have some sliding. I think, I think there's obvious situations where over sliding is a little different than like, just your foot bouncing or whatever. I mean, you're taught to slide with your foot up a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I think I think we're getting a bit it, a bit picky on some of these calls. Um, it almost feels a little bit like it should be similar to football, where the goal line it just continues upward forever. It's not like you have to touch it. Um, and you know, within reason, if if a player stays within a certain rel, you know, vicinity of the bag, I mean, shoot, we're talking about a sport where for a hundred years you didn't even have to touch second base in order to turn a double play, yeah. right? So, I mean, now we're here talking about whether or not someone's shoelace was still in contact when they slid. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. 
Yeah, I will say though, as frustrating as the the CES one was in the ninth, and if you didn't see it, uh, where uh, Christian Encarnacion's stream was trying to break up a double play, his arm came up. Subjective call. I I'm not gonna lose sleep over that one. That one's not gonna make me too upset. It was one of these things like, oh God, what else can go wrong? You know, type things. Um, what else can go against the Reds? But I understand the purpose of that one because that's a safety thing. Um, you know, you you don't want guys get into collisions for for nothing. And so, like, I understand that rule. I have no issue with that. As frustrating as it was tonight, but the the overslides is just it's just garbage. It's a terrible terrible thing for our sport. It, it's a cheap. It's it cheatens our sport, and uh, I I hate it. Yeah, the else on this game, I, I have nothing else on this game that I really feel like discussing. It just it sucks. It stings. We move on and hope they can find a way to get it done tomorrow. They're not dead. They're not dead. That's stupid. It's ignorant. Stop saying it. Do they have a great chance? No, but they're not dead. And it, I just get out of here with that. I hate it. It drives me nuts. Like it's just such a miserable way to consume a sport. The only the only other thing that uh that I wanted to point out and I, I don't know what to make of it, but um, Ellie hadn't struck out in four games or something like that. And he had three looking tonight. Um, he did not look good tonight. Um, so that was, that was, that was disappointing to me. Yeah. I, I you know, I, you, you don't know how much of the, the inconsistent strike zone kind of got in his head a little bit too. You also don't know about him being the the guy that hit Noel V. Marte in the face. You know, like the camera showed his reaction and how distraught he was, as I'm sure he was. I mean, the, these guys were uh, these guys seem like they're very close on the field. Um, and, and so I'm sure that didn't put him in the best uh, headspace mentally before this game. And that's just, you know, understandably. I mean, these guys are you know, are humans. I mean, and, and maybe other guys on the team as well. I mean, look, when you see your third baseman that's come up and played great defense and has, has really been a nice contributor, kind of a surprise in some ways, you know, leave the field with blood gushing down. I mean, that's kind of a really crummy way to start a baseball game. And then after that happens, then you have this umpire that decides a pitch that's at the eyeballs is a, is a strike. And, it's just, uh, I mean, I you, you got to find a way to overcome some of these, but at the same time, like these guys are humans and it didn't help anything. Uh, so I, move on to tomorrow. I, I don't know. Not going to win many ball games the way we're hitting the ball tonight. So it is what it is. Move her on. All right. Reds M I L B. We're down the stretch here. Start off with Louisville. They did win four, three over St. Paul. Last rehab game for Joey Votto, unless something changes. I'm assuming since he only took two at-bats and left the game, that that means he's for sure being activated tomorrow. So we'll um, we'll keep our fingers crossed that Joey can come up and be an instant contributor. Uh, Votto was one for two. He had, a f- <laughs> he had a funny night. His first at-bat, he actually hit a really hard ground out. And then his second at-bat, he had a, a pretty cheap single. So <laughs> kind of a little bit of both. Uh, Jonathan India was 0 for 3, unfortunately. Did strike out once. Kevin Newman, though, he was two for four, so he's kind of heated up a little bit. Um, he started 0 for 9, but had two hits tonight and uh, uh, three hits last night. Christian Roa, he's a starting pitcher. He was the Reds' uh, second-round pick in 20, 
20, uh, five innings, three runs, did strike out nine batters, but walked four. So somewhat of a, a positive start for him. Something interesting I noticed from this game is Levi Stout only threw one inning. It was a scoreless inning, no hits, one walk, two strikeouts. I don't know if they're maybe if it if they're putting Stout in a bullpen role to maybe have him as an option, or if it's um or, or if it's just maybe to limit his innings. Not not really sure on that, but that is something uh, that I do think is interesting to monitor. Uh, Chattanooga they lost six three to Montgomery. Chase Petty though. Uh, another really good start. He has yet to allow a an earned run so far uh, since he got promoted to Chattanooga. Four scoreless innings, four four innings, no earned runs tonight. Uh, did allow a couple unearned runs, but one walk, four strikeouts. So another solid day for him. And then Blake Dunn was one for three, stole another bag. He's just been having an incredible season. And then Matt Nelson, uh, catching prospect, hit his 20th home run between two levels uh, this season tonight. So good to see that from him and then the Dayton Dragons they lost seven to one not a whole lot going on offensively Edwin Roy another tough night oh for five he's really had a his highs have been he's kind of like the Reds this year his highs have been super high his lows have been super low um oh for five Alan Serta was two for four though so good to see him he's been a guy that's battled injuries all year so the Dayton Dragons Craig they sit at 66 and 65 tomorrow is their last game of the year so obviously, hopefully they can get that win and uh, finish above 500 to be a third straight season above 500 for them. And then the Daytona Tortugas, they lost 3-2 to St. Lucie. Their final game of the season is also tomorrow. Cam Collier, uh, he's really ended the season strong, which is great to see. Two for four, also stole his fifth bag of the year. Ricardo Cabrera, one for three with a walk. That is the Reds' number nine prospect, just got up to... Uh, Daytona, uh, Carlos Sanchez was 0-4-4, and then uh, Bryce Hubbard pitched two innings, struggled today, three earned runs, two strikeouts. Bryce Hubbard was the Reds' third-round pick uh, from back in 2022. That's your Reds MILB. Obviously, like we mentioned, uh, Joey Votto expected to be activated tomorrow. Jonathan India. I'm thinking probably is looking at that Tiger series if I'm if I'm guessing uh, Vado and Vado tomorrow. I mean, it's, so I guess they are probably only activating one at a time. God forbid, we hope it's not Vado for Marte, but that's a possibility. Um, could be Vado for Lopez. That I don't even know how that works, Craig. Lopez is a non forty man COVID exempt player. I don't think Lopez can be it. Unless you make Votto your replacement player, which I I don't know how those rules those rules work, Nick. Look, a lot I of agree. people smarter than me trying to figure that out. But Red's front office has been like piecing through this uh, uh, official MLB rules and guidelines for the year. Like, okay, what where's that on this? I, I, they probably had some phone calls too. Uh, the, what a what a stupid season. Right. <laughs> Look, so, we've got the Tigers, the Mets, the Pirates, Guardians, and these Cardinals still on the schedule the rest of the year. It's not over. Everybody in the chat wants to move on to football season and all those things. We're not giving up yet. Congrats to Joe Burrow on his contract extension. The Bengals start their season tomorrow. Everybody can be excited. They're Super Bowl contenders for sure. But these Reds are still in contention. I still believe in them. The schedule works out for them down the stretch. 
Okay, Nick Kirby's going to be at the Guardian series. We're going to sweep the Guardians. Let's go. Tomorrow, Hunter Green, Miles Michaelis. Reds need a big, and I mean big start from Hunter Green tomorrow. Craig, what are you looking for tomorrow? Uh, I'm looking for Hunter Green to come out and be Hunter Green that he was 10 days ago or whatever it was. I mean, um, and I'm also looking for the Reds offense to be focused and stop worrying about Brendan Miller. So whoever's behind the plate tomorrow, I hope you're not any worse than Brendan Miller was tonight. Uh, It'll be hard to do for sure. Uh, But no, I mean, I'm looking for a focused, uh, focused at bats and uh, make Michaelis work. Um, and, And Hunter Green, I think has the ability to be the stopper that we wanted him to be five and a third, three hits, no runs last time out. Last time against St. Louis, five and a third, six hits, three runs, two walks, and nine strikeouts. Oh, and two career against the Cardinals and five starts. I'm ready to put a one in that win column, Nick. Yeah, I like it. Here, here's the numbers that I got. Uh, so, my, Michaelis' last five starts has struggled. One and two, 6.67 ERA. He's allowed seven home runs in, in those five starts. So, hopefully the Reds get the long ball early and often. That would be great. Miles Michaelis, his strikeouts are way down. He's only striking out less than five batters per nine innings since June 1st. Not a whole lot of starting pitchers uh, get away with that, but he has to his credit, um, mainly because he has the eighth best walk rate in Major League Baseball. His uh, sinker and fastball are getting crushed this year. Slider and curveball have been a little bit more effective. So, good matchup for the Reds. TJ Friedel has a home run against them. Hunter Renfro has a home run. Nick Senzel has two home runs against them. So we'll see what lineup the Reds bring out. Uh, and then, yeah, Hunter Green. I mean, I, I'm interested to see what he can do uh, after that really, really good start against the Giants. He was apparently sick during that start, Craig. So, uh, I mean, I just I hope he can come out and, and be effective. Uh, Green did face the Cardinals earlier this year, five and a third, three earned runs, but struck out nine, only walked two. So, yeah, tomorrow's the day. We need it, um, and uh, we'll be here. Chatterbox Reds Live like we've been after every game. If the season's over for you, uh, Chatterbox Bengals is tomorrow. So they'll be going live in the fourth quarter. Go support that show. Uh, if your season's over, football, don't come in my chat. Go to Chatterbox Bengals. Support Chatterbox one way or the other. If the season's not over, come back. We'll be here. We'll be talking about the game like we've done all 144 times this year, 45, something like that. I don't know. Any final thoughts, Craig? Uh, let's get two wins for Cincinnati tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We greatly appreciate all of the love and support. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, well, what are you waiting for? Do it right now as we have new episodes available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game this season just in time for your daily commute your morning coffee or however else you get your day started and also make sure that you're subscribed to chatterbox sports on youtube so you can join us live after every single reds game this season and be a part of the conversation hit the bell and turn on notifications also so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live we hope that you have a fantastic day and as always Go Reds.